0: today's scripture reading is Matthew chapter 14 verses 22 through 33 Uh, you can find it on the screen or in your bulletin immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side while he dismissed the crowds and after he had dismissed the crowds he went up the mountain by himself to pray when evening came he was there alone but by this time the boat "'battered by the waves, was far from the land, "'for the wind was against them. "'And in the early morning he came walking toward them on the sea. "'But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, "'they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost. "'And they cried out in fear. "'But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, "'Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid.' "'Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, Command me to come to you on the water. He said, "Come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came toward Jesus. But then he noticed the strong wind, but when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened and beginning to sink, he cried out, "Lord, save me!" Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, "You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
1: I've always related more with the disciples than with Peter in this one, folks. You need to know that up front. Because when someone invites me to walk on water... I'm going to hesitate a bit. Why are you so afraid? Oh, I don't know. I could sink to the bottom and die if I get this wrong, if I put my trust in the wrong spot. Jesus sleeps through a storm, and why did you wake me, you men of little faith? Oh, I don't know. Maybe because we were about to die and thought you might be willing to die do something about it? But isn't that precisely the point? Of course, I'm preaching to a bunch of experts today, because so many of us have read and loved John Ortberg's book, If You Want to Walk on Water, You Have to Get Out of the Boat. It's a great book. I encourage you to read it. On the other hand, I'm talking to a bunch of people who don't know as much as they think because every time I read these verses, I see something I haven't seen before. The Holy Spirit just takes it, this ver- these verses and says, Oh, let me show you something else. Every time you look at them, let me show you something new. They are grand verses. Lord, we thank you for these words, for our stories of faith that transform us, that renew us, that give us hope, that strengthen our faith, that bind us to you in love. May this story touch us in new ways so we can deal in faith with old problems. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Almost a hundred years ago, Henry Van Dyke traveled to the Holy Land. And when he returned, he wrote about his experiences there and about the insight he had gained on his trip. The title of that book is, Out of Doors... In the Holy Land. It's kind of an odd title, but it comes from what he describes as a new conviction, one of his greater insights on this journey. Christianity, he said, is an out of doors religion. Now, I had not given that much thought. But he's right. Christianity is an out-of-doors religion. Jesus was born in a cave out of doors. Jesus was crucified on a cross out of doors. We hear of Jesus healing in the streets preaching on the hillsides, praying in the gardens, calling Lazarus to rise from the dead while standing in a field just outside his tomb. How many times do we hear about Jesus getting in a boat and going to the other side of the lake? Or sleeping in the back of the boat? Or like today, walking on the stormy sea to get to a boat to join His disciples. You know, I hate to admit it, but Jesus' first disciples may have been in the Navy. That's the only one you're ever going to get from me, Harry. Would it surprise you? Would it surprise you to find out that when I read this story, I think of you? Oh, some of your heads just popped up. My church with the outpost mentality. I've described you and our work together that way almost since my arrival. Because you get it out of the sanctuary and into the world. This is an outpost. We rest here, we learn here, reclaim here, we renew here. But we also know that the work is out of doors. Out of the sanctuary and into the world. Out of the classrooms and into the streets. Out of the fellowship hall and into the marketplace out of the building and into the shelters and nursing centers and wherever else people can be found and are in need. Christianity is an out-of-doors religion. Christianity is a walk-on-water religion. Nothing is going to stop us from doing the impossible with God's help. I know, I was going to say a few organizations, but I know of no other organization that has a job description that's impossible. Our job description starts with the impossible and gets harder from there. That is our God. The Bible says that we are called to be more than conquerors through him who loves us. And we are going to be more than conquerors and we won't settle for anything less. Peter was called by Jesus to do something he could never do on his own. So are we. And we will go where called because we know that if Jesus is on the water, then the boat is no longer the safest place to be. And because we know that whenever Jesus calls someone to get out of the boat, He gives the power to walk on the water. So, why settle for a boat when the creation, the creator of oceans, is so near? When we are caught in a storm and rowing against the wind, I love that image in this scripture. You know, they're fighting the wind, their their muscles are getting so tired, they've been rowing. These are professional fishermen. So they would have the arms from rowing boats. They knew how to do that. But they've been going for hours and hours. They're they're sore. They're tired. And up comes walking Jesus. He's been walking and he catches them in a boat. What does that tell you? In the middle of your trouble? In the middle of your tortured sea? Look around. That's a good time to find Jesus walking up to you. And I can't help it. In my mind, I see Jesus walking up to the boat because they weren't real high and tall, most of them. Most of them were just this high. I can see Jesus walking up, leaning on the rail and saying, "So what's up, guys? And they're looking over saying, what is he standing on? He doesn't know where the rocks are. Can you imagine that? There are so many miracles in this story. There's so much grace in this story. And there is so much reason to fear in this story. Let us never doubt that. But when we're caught out in that storm and we've been rowing and rowing and struggling in our own strength, That's when we can look for Jesus to come to us in powerful and dramatic ways, bringing help, offering strength, bringing peace just by his presence. The disciples were afraid, they thought Jesus was a ghost. Again, I'm with the disciples on this. You know, the last time I saw a person walking on water, I thought they were a ghost too. Because human beings don't go around walking on water. They didn't know that storms have always been a great place to find God. A person living on a tiny pension check, a marriage crumbling, sickness, the economy, warfare. The storms are everywhere. And in the storm, that's when the disciples spot Jesus. I love these verses, they are so reassuring and so frightening. At the same time, they're reassuring because they tell us Jesus comes to us in those times of greatest need. Jesus holds us up. Jesus keeps us from sinking. Jesus walks with us and calls to us. But also frightening. Jesus, notice in this story, Jesus doesn't call Peter just to get out of his comfort zone. Jesus calls Peter to do the impossible. Anybody here ever walked on water without knowing where the rocks were? Dallas, you're a talented guy. You ever did that? Choir? Choir? Phil, you got, you're retired now. You got time to learn how to walk on water? Me <laughs> either. Me either. So it would be frightening to do the impossible. Isn't that amazing? We have a job description where we're called to do the impossible. Get out and walk on water. Leave your ships, your nets, and everything behind and follow me. Leave your own plans. Leave your own goals behind and become a missionary in the world's most dangerous places for me. You see, Peter didn't jump out of the boat on his own. He waited until Jesus called him. Like when God called Moses to get in Pharaoh's face. I'd say that'd be a little frightening. Like when God called Paul to keep preaching, even when his life was threatened. That would be frightening. Like when Daniel was called to refuse to bow down and was invited to play with a bunch of hungry cats, lions. Like when Queen Esther was called to risk her life to save the Jewish people. Like when Joshua was called to attack a land of giants. Like when David was called to fight a monster with a slingshot and a few rocks. Like Mary, when she was called as a very young teenager to have a baby who would be called Messiah. Those are frightening things that will turn lives upside down. But that's the word filled with stories that speak great messages, that say God is with us, God is love, God is slow to anger and quick to forgive, that, that tell us nothing is impossible. For God, who is slow to anger and quick to forgive, who tells us carry one another—excuse me, one another's burdens—who talk to us about the gift of the Holy Spirit and what that means to our lives, the power of prayer, salvation. Eternal life, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more death. And that ours is a water-walking faith when the Lord commands. So here's the question I want to ask you. Why aren't our pews full? Why aren't the pews of every single church in Rock Hill and around the world, not absolutely crammed full of people. Because with such glad and powerful messages for living life, messages that are filled with good news, with the best news anyone could ever hope to hear. People should be rushing to our doors, to our ministries, to our glorious kingdom work. What's it going to take? Let me offer you this. When I went off to school, if I opened my little room refrigerator, you know what I'm talking about? They're about this big. Just big enough to keep cold a few uh, sodas. We'll go with that. And I opened that up, and all I see is a slice of three-day-old pizza and half a half-full bottle of soda. I know where to go to get food. I knew how to do that. When I realized that I couldn't just throw my dirty clothes in a hamper or all over the room... I knew where to go to clean them up. When the real storms of life come, and they come to everyone, do people know where to get help and support? Has the message of the church become more negative than it is positive? More hateful than it is loving? Do people know to come here to a church? Once Peter got over the shock, don't you know he was running around telling everyone, I walked on water, I walked on water. Jesus called me and I did it. I got out of the boat and I walked on water. He'd be telling everybody staying up nights in a row to spread that word. I've got news for you people of God. All of us have a God story like that to to tell. A story that will make others stand up and take notice. So how well are we telling our stories? Because I am sure that's what it will take. Amen.